Pickaxe. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Pickaxe. Hello and welcome to Yompa. Simon the Honeydew Man, Diggy Hole Lane, and you are listening to Yomp. Yomp is Ye Old Movie Podcast. It's a film discussion podcast that you're listening to with me, and I am joined by the ever n- noisily fragrant G Star Games. <laughs> Why have I graduated to noisily fragrant? No, What's this going is, on? it's apt. It's, it's on brand. Is it? Hmm. The She's blown yeah, out sure. and it smells. Uh, oh, oh see. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, hello, beloved listener. Welcome to this episode of Yomp. I am G Star Games and joined by me is Boof. Hello, it's me, Boof. And I am joined today by film and that film is a Sophie pick I'm dead I'm, da- I'm dead I'm dead happy about that you know it's uh we, we needed it I think after we have too many G's too many G's spoil the podcast yeah mm-hmm. uh so are we gonna just start talking about the film are you are you sure you don't want to talk about like your tattoos or your washing arrangements well or... my tattoos are pretty much healed you know they're just they're a little bit okay um a little bit scaly still but my gosh they look beautiful um Lovely. i can have a normal bath now which is really nice oh uh don't have to like yeah, so what's what's this washing arrangement what's what's that well because i was having to wash myself like golem in a in a bath oh um, <laughs> i see i thought you were talking about like how you uh. hang your washing or something well i do have to hang my wash i have a heated era g star they are fabulous because uh, i don't have space for it i don't have a space for a tumble dryer so what's a heated air is it like a clothesline but it's like it gets warm yeah and it's great and the cats love it sometimes now this is the shit i'm talking about instead of talking about <laughs> blowout this is the fucking premium shit that i wanted <laughs> 
Sometimes, like talking about heated hair. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> if I wash a say a a bath mat, uh, I put it on the bottom rung so that Keith can have a little snooze on a heated area. But he doesn't like it. Sometimes he gets oh. too hot. Sometimes Brenda does tend to fall off radiators quite frequently these days. So there's a lot of oh cushions on floors around. If it's a wider, if it's a double width. Uh, radiation. You should, you should get one of those mini trampolines <gasps> so she just bounces back up onto it. That is genius. Oh, I'm going to do that. We all live in a mini trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> mini tramp, <laughs> Brenda. <laughs> mini tramp. <laughs> mini tramp. I just use a little heater. Uh, yeah. With my, uh, with my clothes. I've got the one that like folds upwards, like the tall one. Yeah, mine's like... Uh, I'll have to show you a picture sometime, G. It's pretty cool. It folds out and stuff. Um, Could you you post these onto the Patreon? I'll post these. I'm going to post them now without context. You know what this this reminds me of? It's like when you go on, when you were posting that stuff from Amazon, Simon, when you were looking for the headset. Shopping on Amazon. And it says items we'd think you'd like that would go with this this item you're looking to buy. Mm. And it's like a headset and a fucking salad, you know. Tosser. Tosser. (laughs) It was like bundled. It was was a bundle. It wasn't even just like a suggestion that people often buy these wireless headphones and also a salad spinner they they <laughs> genuinely bundled these two items together like the Behringer guitar effects pedal that was cor- it was a chorus pedal and it came with Feliway the stuff that cat, you know oh, yeah. the, the pheromone yeah, yeah, yeah. that carbs cats down and I thought that it was because yeah the when, stinks of cat piss it, it doesn't smell that bad in my opinion but maybe I'm just used to it Mm. Yeah, that's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. I tried a, a natural herbal version of it. Now that fucking stank, man. That made my whole ha- oh. house stink, and it didn't work. So I, I was having cats fighting in a stinky house, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I kind of want to, I kind of want to rumble too now because it fucking stinks. Oh my god. It's all the algorithm. The algorithm's making these weird bundles to shift stock. I love it. Thank you, algorithm. And, um, oh, that's the thanks, funniest algorithm. thing you've ever said. <laughs> Cats fighting in a stinky house. I'm singing a song about it. Keith's here now. Oh. Hiya, son. So, this week's film yeah. is a Sophie pick after two Gs. Two Gs? Um, <laughs> Now we have um, Blowout, the Brian De Palma film mm. starring John Travolta mm. and uh, Nancy Allen, who's always amazing. Um, so I chose this why because... Why did you... <laughs> I got that. I got that. Wow. I chose this hey. because it's something that I've seen bits and pieces on, heard a lot about, not finished the whole film for some reason. I don't know. What? I know, right? How could I stop watching it? Um, and I also thought it's Brian De Palma, so Gia's going to love it. No? Simon's going to mm. definitely love it. But I think it was one that I... Mm. I was trying to be nice to G-Star. I, I've, I, have, I have been trying... Why? <laughs> what the fuck? I know. I was, try, I was just trying to be nice to her. Like She oh. made you watch Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, but this is to make her feel really guilty. Like, I'm going to put some fucking oh, bangers yeah. in there. 
Well, I'm sorry to break it to you, but I didn't really like. Oh, <laughs> we'll get oh, into no. it. We'll get into it. Yeah, but I, I, you know, I thought it would have been a nice thing, and that is a thought that counts, mm. isn't it? Really, it, of course, of course. I tried, and I, I appreciate that. And I um, am big on sound in films, as it is. Mm-hmm. I love when when a when a film's got a, a brilliant soundtrack and really good sound design. I'm just like, oh, that is mm-hmm. taking it another level. I I thought it would be a really nice little choice in there to save G from a Neil Breen or a, a, <laughs> a another prostitute killing movie. Uh. uh... <laughs> this is literally a prostitute killing movie. I was gonna say it's a prostitute yeah. killing movie. Yeah, I was watching this with uh with with ISP and he, he was like, I was like, can you guess who picked this one? <laughs> All the fucking like peeping Tom sex tits prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, was it Biff? I was like, ah, ding 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 ding. It's like if ding, I were watching if I were watching something that you know was. Like um, Made a mag- you fall asleep. A magnolia wall. <laughs> I'd be like, who picked this one? And it'd be like, oh, it's G. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't mean it. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give a brief synopsis of what this film is about? I would love to. Um, so there's this man, Jack Terry, who he does, he records, he's the sound man. He's the editor, mm. sound editor, uh, Foley man for movies, but not good movies. You know, they're they're they've all got blood in the title except for this latest one. And um, he goes out and he wants he needs to get some new footage for a, a film. He just does it anyway. I think he just likes it, which is cool. And he accidentally, just by chance. Uh, witnesses and records a car crashing into a river and a man dies and there's a lady in the car and he saves her and people for some reason want to cover this up um, and he doesn't want that to happen he wants to solve the mystery of who did it because he knows that instead of a, a tyre blowing out the tyre was shot and he can prove it and he goes to great lengths to do that Excellent, excellent very well done. Don't need to watch the film now if you haven't seen it. It's that, pretty much. Um, well, there's plenty of uh, revelations, twists, a horrifying ending. Um, yeah. Gee, did you watch something happy after this, like I advised you to, because of the downer it, ending? It really didn't like affect me as much as you... Like I was expecting this really horrible... Like gut wrenching, really fucked up, like seven sort of twist, right? I don't right. know. And I, I just was waiting, and the credits started rolling, and I'm like, oh, I, we'll get there. We, I don't want us to just skip to the ending. But like the first time I watched this, it it really affected me. I was like, oh my god. Maybe I'm just desensitized. Oh my, that's fucked. Yeah, yeah. That's so fucked. Maybe I'm desensitized because this is from this is from the 80s, right? And like I'm not saying films weren't like violent and whatever back then, but you know, we've seen a lot of, you know, pretty violent like nonsensical violent films and whatever uh, up until this point now. 
So that to me was just like, eh. But maybe at the time it was like, oh my God, that's fucked up. The ending, I mean, having an ending that isn't everything happy, happy Jack and Ori. It's a poetic ending, right? It's brave. It's brave. It's brave. Um, and it, mm. I mean, it just it makes a change, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want us to talk too much about the ending, like right at the start of the discussion. That's fine. Um, but we 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 should talk about the start because the start is so funny. I love it. Yes, it is. But it was like it, I was so fucking overstimulated um, because <laughs> of the. The sound of the killer, I think. He was like breathing and there was like a lot of really it's obnoxious. Heavy on the sound. Yeah, yeah, really heavy on the sound. And but but the good thing is, like like what Booth said, throughout the film, the sound was like really well done. Um mm. but there was just moments of like really obnoxious over the top sound, like the beginning of the film. So it's filmed from the killer's POV and you can hear his heart beating, you can hear him breathing. You can hear like wind sounds, there's music playing, there's girls dancing and partying. Yep, yep, yep. There's a lot of things layered on top of each other sound wise. And I think that is um that that was done on purpose to show that this this movie is not is not a good movie that they're making. <laughs> it's absolute yeah. shite. Yeah. You know, it's it the, Wait, the yeah. sound guy. What do doesn't you mean? Know- what do you mean bloodbath bloodbath 2 bad day at blood beach and bordello of blood on good movies what do you mean i mean i mean what do you mean to be fair i there, there was a, there was posters throughout this of films that i love as well <gasps> yes i concur wholeheartedly with that there were so many banger posters it was mm. chef's kiss chef's kiss uh but the it is like the, i think it was done on purpose to show that they don't really know what they're fucking doing like the the guy that's Saying we need more on this, we need more. Give me more on this. Give me more on this. He's basically like, he doesn't know what he's fucking turn on. Turn everything up. Just turn max. everything up to max. But I thought it was great. <laughs> we get to see there's like there's there's a sex scene. A woman's riding a guy. There's a girl just masturbating with the door girls open. dancing in like yeah. There's a girl uh, as you do. There's girls mm. dancing in transparent clothing. There's a girl having a shower who has a real shit scream. Real bad. Um, and this interesting bit of trivia, this this whole sequence was shot by the inventor of the Steadicam using a Steadicam. Oh, amazing. That's, that's so it's fucking cool. Garrett Brown, which is a, a very cool name. I it like is. that. And when the slasher holds up the knife, that is actually him holding the knife because he's literally the guy... Holding the camera that's attached that's to awesome. him, I like so that. no one else, no one else could be the hand and the knife. Even though, I mean, they could, like David Bowie fondling his uh, his orbs, or uh, I watched a film over the weekend um, that was it's called um, Wrongfully Accused, and it's got Leslie Nielsen, and the, he's a violinist. And obviously, I don't think Nazi Nielsen can actually <laughs> play the violin. So, but there's more hands coming up into the into the scene. Very funny. It was quite a late one, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, um, yeah. Leslie Nielsen the good films only does films if he can snog a, a very pretty lady as well. And if he can get nude as well, because yeah. he loves getting nude. Yeah, bless him. I was going to say 
the the movie posters for Blowout are really cool, and then I realized there's just a lot of, of feet. Oh, G Star. I didn't games. even notice any feet. Well, no. The if you look at the movie poster, because I went, I looked at IMDb, and it's just you can see the movie posters. For I'm like, oh, those are pretty cool. Then I'm like, oh, so much feet in these posters. <laughs> Shocking, absolutely shocking. I know, I know. Uh, also, a uh, shout out to Anne Roth for designing Nancy Allen's costumes. They were they were very nice. It pops up on screen. She gets her own special credit that appears on screen, which is unusual. Do you it's think, unusual. Do you think I, that's partially because the um, Sally plays uh, someone who is very she's very keen on doing movie makeup like and it's a tiny role but she says it's really really important mm. and, oh yeah. that's a that's a good point yeah maybe so. so maybe it would be nice for them to have a little nod saying you know what like this this person did a lot of work on this and it really like made her character mm. important looking yeah you know i agree sure Sure, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not convinced entirely, but it I, sounds reasonable. I agree with that. That sounds. That sounds right. So we we have um, Jack Terry, which is uh, played by John Travolta, who I think is fantastic in this. I think it's my favorite. It's just peak. It's my Travolta. favorite Travolta role. He's just excellent in it. He goes out to a park to record some sound effects. Like there's there's wind rustling the tree leaves. So he's recording some fresh sound effects for this shit film. The hooty little hopefully owl. make it a, li- a bit less shit. Little frog. And he's got this this he's got this microphone that's just like a metal rod. It looks like a wand. And he's picking up like a conversation of people that are like a hundred yards away or something. And he can hear every word they're saying. It's amazing. It picks up all these little things, but there's, there's some weird sounds that it picks up. There's like a weird whirring sound that it picks up. And you can't really see what's causing it, but you can you can hear a frog. You can hear an, an owl's neck turning. That's how it, that blew my mind. Seeing that owl just turning, and you can hear the rustling of the, the feathers. And did you? Yeah, crazy. I really like this first part. It was mm. it was nice. Did you enjoy the uh, the split focus diopter? Scenes? Yes. Mm. So much. <laughs> I fucking love them. This is one thing that I will say the film really did fucking amazing. The cinematography, all the fucking like, the the attention to detail, the shots were just so bloody well done. Like, Mm. very impressed. Gorgeous, isn't it? I'm not sure that any of the the split diopters were real in this film. I think a lot of them were basically split-screen effects. Yeah. There I are split-screen effects as well, blatant ones. But, but the diopters are not terribly convincing. Like, that is not like a single shot with two different lenses. That's two different shots that are edited together. Some of them, some of them are genuine uh, split-focus diopter. Like the owl, the owl. And the, him recording yeah. the owl. That's, that's a split-screen. I'm... <laughs> fairly sure that's a split yeah screen. that's not a genuine but it's split diopter but that wasn't that was still fairly convincing though when i looked at the owl yeah one. the one in the, the hospital was more like where where they're like talking about him those two guys and and he's sort of listening in 
I cannot fucking believe smoking in hospitals. <laughs> insane. Fucking insane. It just drives me crazy. It's brilliant. Oh, my God. How did we allow this? Ugh. It's great. I, I really, I thought that it was so pretty. And it just, it kicked mm. it off and it was just like, oh, God. That is just so nice. I just felt like... It felt like it's being... very interesting visually, and the sound is very interesting, which is a key part yes. to the film. Obviously, do you think that the... but that weird whirring sound, that <laughs> strange, very strange. I yeah, I loved it. I loved it, and he needed new wind, so that's why he went out to get it. Yeah, it's got this massive archive of all these sound effects that he's recorded over the years. Yeah, I thought it was very cool. It'd be a shame if everything uh, just got erased and his. You know, surely his career would be over at that point. But, oh, oh well. Hope that doesn't happen to him. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, he's out recording these sound effects. And then a, a car is driving by. There's a bang. The car smashes through the, the barrier of the bridge and goes into the water. Um, just out of fucking nowhere, this happens. And I mean, this is obviously inspired by the um, the real life events that happened of um, Senator Ted Kennedy mm. um, at Chappaquiddick, where he um, was clearly drunk, left a party with a young lady. He was, I think, thirty seven, and she was in her twenties, and she was like, "Hey, let's let's go. You can drive me home." And so he gets into a car um, that he normally has a chauffeur drive for him, drives off, drives off of a fucking bridge. Uh, the car goes into the water. He escapes. The girl fucking drowns. He walks back to the party, gets in the back of someone's car. They see him in the back of the car and he says, can you just drive me back? Just drive me home. They drive him home and then he goes to bed. And it isn't until the next morning that he tells the police that he crashed a car and the fucking woman drowned. In, like, insane. Absolutely insane. Bloody um, hell. Horrible man. So, yeah, that happened to real-life Senator Ted Kennedy. Is that and uh, Bobby Kennedy's brother? Or... There, it's part of the, the Kennedy... Family, it it might be his brother. I, I I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. The dynasty. Well, they all they all they all sound like real. I mean, they are all pieces of shit. I mean, anything I've ever heard about any Kennedy, <laughs> it's always just like they're they're kind of trash. So yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, so yeah, the car splashes in the water, but um, Jack manages to actually save the passenger, uh, but the driver drowns. Rip. I didn't even see the, the person. I didn't see another person in the car, which was weird. Unless I just wasn't. I just, like, maybe I missed it. You saw him in the driver's seat and he had blood coming out of his head. Um, oh, yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're right. I really, mm -hmm. I did really like when the car was filling up with water, but it was also filling up with, with blood so that the, the water was red inside the car and it yeah. had like a split. <laughs> no, it was really clever. I thought it was super cool. Um, no, it was, it was, it was, it was. There's a, there's a nice few effect. yellow kind of things with the film. It's not, I wouldn't call this a yellow no, movie. It's inspired right? by, but, I guess. Yeah, it's, there's a few Sorry, things. Sorry, explain and, that for anyone who doesn't understand what that means. 
Uh, it's a, a subgenre of horror mm. from Italy. Giallo means yellow in Italian. Little horror books used to be printed um, with like a yellow cover or on yellow paper. Mm-hmm. So that so there's it's synonymous. Yellow and horror were synonymous. So in the seventies, horror movies from Italy were called giallo, and they have a distinctive like look. Um, there's usually a killer who's a man that wears uh, black gloves that goes after a single woman. She's like the protagonist, and um, someone tries to save the woman. And they usually end up dead. There's a lot of um, sort of POV shots. There's a lot of great lighting with like single blank colors, like everything's red, where everything's blue, where everything's green. Overhead shots. Like it, it, the blood is always really... Yeah, there's blood, loads of blood, loads of blood fucking everywhere. But it's like really prominent as well. And a lot of the gore is quite full on, I'd say. Some of it's it. very it's very distinctive. And usually um you think that the guy that might be helping the woman could be the killer. That's a common sort of trope mm. in Jallo as well. Um but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of shots in this that's kind of reminiscent of, of it. Um Suspiria is obviously the, the famous Jallo movie. Yeah. That people might have seen. The old one. Not the new one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean Yeah. Yeah. Did you understand any of that, G? Yes, I'm not a idiot. Well, I was, no, I was wondering whether I'd explained. No, it you explained well it. You explained it perfectly. Honestly, like that was very, very good description. I just wanted to because I didn't know what it was, and I'm sure there's some people who obviously doesn't, you know, you won't know what that is. So it's nice to mm. nice to get that sort of explanation. Argento is the big name the big director that you want to mm. be looking out for if you want to watch uh, some Jalo. It's those are, those are some of the big ones that broke free from, from Italy in a big way. Uh, Fulci did some. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm trying to think of more. <laughs> uh, Italian, a lot of Italian names. Italian <laughs> people in the 70s uh, is a good chance it's a Jalo. Oh my god! And they've all got like really good names, haven't they? They've all got like book title names. Cause... Bird with the crystal plumage. They've got really good names. I'm gonna go find some. Four flies on black lace. Is that one? In the folds of the flesh, the man with the icy eyes. Death laid an egg. What about that one? It, it <laughs> certainly did. Kill the fatted calf and roast it. The fuck. Death walks on high heels. That's Ooh. a cool one. The devil, devil has seven faces. He sure does. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking. I was. I couldn't remember. Phenomena is one of my favorite films. Um, fucking love that one. With Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. That's not a shallow film. Uh, apparently, it is on there's this a, list. A monkey. <laughs> it's a monkey. We gotta add it to the list. We're gonna check if it's on streaming. It's such a fucking insane film. I do. I love it. The House with the Laughing Windows. That's such a good name for a movie. Mm. Um, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna think of some like really good Jello titles while I um while we go through. They're they're either gonna be like good names for a Jello film or good names for like a band, (laughs) like a horrorcore band or something. 
Well, those of you who are listening to this podcast in a, on a platform where there is a common section, give us your best Jalo titles. Yeah, do it. Make some up. Oh, gee. Look, she's doing it for the engagements. <laughs> Yay, engagement. <laughs> the engagement. It's on Shudder. It's Phenomena. And uh, Arrow. Yeah. And YouTube. So at some point, like quite early on in the film, I was like, wait a minute. John Travolta's character is called Jack. Nancy Allen's character is called Sally. Jack and Sally? Nightmare Before Christmas? <laughs> what? Well, how did you think of that? How did is that where your name, your brain went? That Yeah. That's... I, just, I just found it strange. I was that's like, interesting. Huh. That's interesting. Surely there has to be some other Easter they're egg common names. They are common. They're What's... very common names. It's not that they're... So... But they are common names, but it has to be some sort of pairing, like some sort of Hollywood Easter egg of some sort. Who knows? There might be something Maybe. behind that. Um, so Maybe. he rescues he rescues Sally out of the back of this car that, that went into the, the river, pulls her out. He didn't watch that episode of Mythbusters where he found out how to smash. I was, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. The pressure difference and stuff. It, like yeah. how, oh God. They'd have to wait for the car to fill up with water to yes. open the door, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and- but I do wonder if they can smash a window like that underwater. And would that work? Because he was using a rock to smash it. Mm. You could do. So I, I wonder. Yeah. I'm sure you could. Let's ask Mythbusters. The important thing is that we discover Sally's a prostitute and the driver of the car is the governor and the guy who's likely to be the next president. He was just about to announce that he was going to be running for president. And he's dead now. And all the, huh. all the votes, were like the polls were saying that, oh, we if if a if there was a vote today, he would be our president. Like he's that popular. He's a big, popular man. It's kind of weird that we know almost nothing about him, really, isn't it? It's so. What about this? I politician? mean, we don't need to. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You don't need to know. So he takes Sally to the hospital, and he's there smoking and stuff, and giving his account to yeah. a detective who absolutely sucks. He doesn't give a fuck. He he hates. Him. <laughs> he's like you. You are a wanker and I do not care, but I am doing my job, so fuck you. And uh, Sally is sedated. She's uh, she's a tired lady. Um, but that doesn't stop Jack from like coming on to her. Oh, yeah, he says, you're really pretty. Doesn't stop Jack from coming on to her. <laughs> there's, uh, there's, um, Jack is quite creepy in this. Like He's... Shinji. No. Ah, no! No! Oh. She... Very, very obviously sounds sedated. The way she's talking, she just sounds out of it. Yeah, she's on another fucking planet. She's not She's not on planet Earth. So obviously he goes off with her, right? Um, oh, no, no, he doesn't go off with her yet. He uh, gets a number or something. He says, I'll come back. You've got to stay here. I'll come back and like, we'll hang out and shit. Um, but then they just send, they send her home with him. But like, oh right, he does leave with her. That's he does. weird. Now yeah. it's because the 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 um the detective's like, hey, we don't want to embarrass the senator's family, right? So don't mention. So get this whore out of here. <laughs> don't mention the girl. There was no girl there. You you just recorded the crash. It was a blowout. There you go. Yeah, I like how he's like, 
are you sure, you know, you saw what you saw? He's like, yeah, I wasn't bobbing for apples. I just, I, <laughs> la- I laughed for a good minute at that line. Like, yeah, why, why else Why else would I be underwater, like, with, when this car crash happened, you idiot? And he was watching very closely and recording it and paying attention, and he clearly heard a gunshot. Like, he's 100% convinced. Well, he's got, you know, an ear. He's got an ear for this kind of yeah. stuff, right? So He can hear the difference between a blowout and a gunshot. Sorry, I'm eating a biscuit. I'm just eating a biscuit. <laughs> I didn't want to what eat a biscuit. Simon, you how on. did you not hear it? Oh my god. Oh, usually, yeah. usually I can hear the difference between a blowout and a biscuit. <laughs> usually anytime he hears he hears any semblance of chewing, he's like, Ooh, oh, what you got there? What you got there, G? I can really tell with G though. There's yeah, just true. something about <laughs> I had muted it. Anyway. He takes her back to this motel. He drives her to a motel to stay because he doesn't want to take her to his house and she doesn't want to go home. Does he home. even have a house? Of course he has a house. <laughs> what else would he do? He's got an apartment. He's got an apartment. Does yeah. he? Because like, there's a bed in the... I mean, I guess it's for those late nights because he's got like a bed in the room, the sound room that he works in. So I'm like, He's either really dedicated or and he has like a lot of late nights or this is where he sleeps. You you see a shot of his his apartment and it's several stories up. Yeah, and I thought so. In the in the actual like studio and stuff, that's like the floor above like an arcade or something, wasn't it? Wasn't it an arcade? It's he, above? Yeah. It, the the studio itself is above an arcade and cinema. But he takes it to a motel and it's got very distinctive wallpaper. Um Yeah. And uh, he listens while she goes to sleep. He sits in at a table and listens back to his tape to make you know. He's like, "Yeah, th- I totally heard that. I totally heard it." And it's- he has like perfect recall of everything that he saw, and he's pl- he's playing back the visuals in his brain as he's listening to the audio he recorded. Some of my favorite shots of the film is that is that part that you're describing where he's like messing around with the dial he's picturing the owl he's using his pencil for you know to point in the direction you know how it happened the sequence yeah yeah it's very that good that was really cool yeah it's very holding cool. the pencil like he does his wand microphone mm-hmm. everything's got a, a really nice bouquet on it and it looks really dreamy like it's okay in his memory i don't know how to pronounce it it's like that if you look at the um like a vignette no if you look at the the lights, no. the, any lights and any the 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 leaves in the trees, they're sort of like slightly out of focus, and the way that the lenses is, they've got like a little shape to it. Google bokeh, b o k e h. All right, I'll do that. I'll do that right now. Right. Bo bo. I just typed in bucket. Yeah, that like from, uh, that'll keeping do. up appearances. <laughs> bokeh. Uh. So basically that. The tree is the like everything is slightly, slightly just out of focus, a little bit blurry, and the way that the lenses has made it got get these little lights, giving them a shape. Is and it like chromatic aberration? No, that's where the, no. it's sort of got okay. a tiny little rainbowy type thing. Um, mm. I'll find a picture and I will show you. 
But yeah. regardless, it looks very dreamy and it's like his memory. Mm. Like I noticed it and I thought, oh, that looks really cool. It's better than just having like a memory, you know, a series of memory shots just being like in sepia or something, you know, like a yeah. flashback sequence. Um, yeah. Looked a lot nicer than that shit. That reminds me of uh, Feeders 2, actually. <laughs> I hate, oh, Jesus I, fucking I hate that Christ. I'm, I know, I hate that I'm even referencing that. I'm going to lose my mind just that, thinking about that the piece whole, of shit. <laughs> the, the, what was it, six minutes of uh, flashback in that <laughs> sepia time? <laughs> I, I just could not believe just how long the flashback was in that <laughs> fucking film. But we, we have an important um, sequence of someone breaking into where the the car is being kept they got dredged out of the creek someone breaks into it and fucks around with the evidence but we hear as they're walking the whirring sound there's that that weird sound as he's walking by very odd wonder what that could be no wait no what jack when he was recording and he's picking up like the frogs the leaves the owl he heard a whirring sound okay. and we couldn't see what was causing it. Uh, we also see someone run off as well. Um, we see someone from under the bridge run away uh, as he goes to save the person, save her, Sally. Um, but as the guy is going to fuck with the evidence of the car that's been dredged up, we hear the whirring sound, that same whirring as he's walking down the dark street. Right. So we know it's the same guy. Right. It was under the bridge. I did hear throughout the film like weird out of place noises, like some sort of film within a film type thing where it sounded like a cassette was being word up or rewinded or something in in various points. But that that, that seemed that was obviously intentional. That's what I thought the twist was going to be at the end, because you were like, whoa, the ending is such whiplash, and I thought it was going to be like a film, was in a film, or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would have been interesting. But yeah, I thought that was That's not where it goes. Yeah, later on, you, we do see what causes the whirring noise. Yeah. Do we? Because I, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe I'm a bit tired. Uh, well, yeah, you, you can explain the it watch. to me later. The watch. Oh, the watch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Basically, he has a a garroting wire, uh, like a fidget toy. <laughs> His watch actually yeah, has like a, a, a wire that he uses to garrot. And it, I think he might be autistic, and he needs to like stim. Is it? That's what it's called. Yeah, stimming. stimming. So he he plays with his garroting thing. Just to keep himself busy. And he, I think he enjoys the sound. And fair it's play fun. to him. It's fun. Killers need hobbies. <laughs> I'm going to skip forward a little bit. Mm. We discover that there's a man called Manny, who is <laughs> Dennis Franz from NYPD Blue and other uh, Brian De Palma films. He filmed the car accident with his video camera, but he sold the rights to a tabloid magazine instead of sending it to the police because he wanted the money. Um... In a real scum move. And he's mm. a real dick about it. Like, they're interviewing him somewhere outside. Someone's, you know, cornered him. He's like, ah, I want the fucking the police. They weren't going to fucking give me, you know, $3,000. They go fuck themselves. You know, he basically says shit like that. Yeah. So Jack rushes out and buys a copy of this magazine, News Today magazine, 
Meanwhile, he's supposed to be helping with auditions for a girl that can scream better than the one that they have on camera. I totally... they want to capture... Oh, my God. They want to capture Foley of a girl doing a good scream to fix this movie, to make it one of the best horror movies ever. They need a real good scream. forgot about that damn... A great scream. (laughs) Simon. I totally forgot about that fucking awful scream. From the beginning of the film. <laughs> ah, so, so bad, dude. So I, didn't bad. Hear her. I, didn't, I didn't hire her for a scream. I hired her for a titties. <laughs> Is that what the director says? He says something yeah. like that. I mean, that's what your average Hollywood director probably would say, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. So Jack takes the magazine. He cuts out the stills. And there's a lot of these stills um, that they've captured from the footage the video footage, cuts all these pictures out and uses a a rostrum camera to take photos of these grainy stills. And obviously the idea is that he's going to create a film out of this by piecing together frame by frame these shots in the magazine. Yes. And it's very clever. It's obvious what he's doing and it's impressive. Yeah. So he, he does a little flip book to see how it works. Um, but yeah, he takes takes pictures with the rostrum camera, so he has it on film. Oh, and and he meet he meets up with Sally at the at the bar or whatever, right? And she's got to um she's got to train in like twenty minutes, and they have a really weird conversation. First of all, she she says that her no makeup look that she currently has on because she is a professional makeup artist. She wants to do oh. it. What two if she wants to be? Hours, right? apparently. It took her two hours to do her no makeup that look. That made me so angry. And then Jack is just like a real man, and he says, "Do you know how you can make it look like you've got like a broken nose?" Which is a really weird thing to say on like a first date? Question mark. The thing is, he was the. It, it, was it this bit where he, he's like, "You're not lying to me, are you?" Like when she was saying that, "I've got to go. I've got to go." I'll, I'll meet you somewhere and he's like yeah you're not lying though are you right right like that's the sort of thing right, that right. I fucking hate when if you're trying to get out of something like you're in a position where a bloke yeah. is hitting on you and they cannot take let a hint let the woman have the out let her have the out they, they cannot take the hint and he's like yeah you better not be lying to me and then like if you give him a fake phone number and he tries to call your phone to make sure that it's this isn't fake is it you haven't given me a bullshit number yeah. let me just check it here right in front of you before you leave. Scary, uh, scary shit. Like that, that, I was like, oh God, he's been a bit forceful. Yeah. Me. Well, I mean, mm. even when she was sedated and like off her tits, he was like, hey, ooh, 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 John Travolta. And he's like coming on to her. I'm like, this is really the time or the place to be hitting on her. Um, it was the 80s. <laughs> it was acceptable uh. in the 80s. <laughs> Uh, we get a little bit of backstory about Jack. Don't really need to go too much into it, but he was a tech nerd as a kid. He joined the army and then he worked for like a an anti-corruption probe thing, a commission for the police. And he would like wire up people so they would be wearing a wire, like in um, the TV series The Wire almost. Um, so you have a secret microphone under your shirt. Oh, that was about a tightrope. <laughs> oh my God. Sophie! (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, and he tells a story about how it all went wrong when uh, a guy that was wearing a wire to find out um, about a corrupt police captain, he was sweating so much the battery pack started arcing. So um, it started burning him. The electrical current was burning into his body. And basically the guy um, runs off to fix it in a bathroom and a guy follows him and kills him and Jack discovers the body. Using the wire from the audio device to yeah. hang him, which was... Fucked. Yeah, it was it's real fucked. fucked. And there's a, there's a great scene where Sally goes to a, a fish market. She's walking at night through a fish market and um, someone's following her and they grab an ice pick. Um, and you know that it's, that's, it's bad. It feels real bad. Sally, of course, wearing her distinctive big weird coat that um was it Anne Roth designed, <laughs> presumably? Um, shout out to Anne Roth. Yeah, shout out Anne Roth. She's got a big curly hair. Blonde curls. So I was saying, like, you know, when she got, you know, she the accident happened and she obviously you know, was underwater and her hair and she wakes up in the hospital bed, her hair's all They've got these perfect locks, these perfect curls in them. She has amazing hair. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, I'm just she like, does. there's no fucking way. Like, you know, she would not look that. She looked like a very, you know, upkept. She's a makeup artist. I know, but she, after an accident, she, you know, <laughs> she fixed her hair. Yeah, using yeah. nothing but was in the hospital room while she was heavily sedated. Well, this is this this trails on to the other plot point of the film, which I won't say right now. But any time, I'm like, wait, is that Sally? Wait, is that is that Sa- wait, is that Sally? Yeah. But there's I, a lot of women with big '80s hair. That yeah. Look similar to her. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and let me tell you. Deliberately. My face blindness was going mad. No, oh so my god. I I was having a rough time of it because I was like, wait, is that wait, wait, what? So let what? me explain what happens. So um a guy that's stalking Sally manages to strangle her. We hear the whirring sound of the garrot. He strangles her, they they fall down, they roll down into like where like a building's being built or destroyed or something. And he goes to like stab her and he sees that it's not Sally. It's someone else that looks just like her with the same hair, wearing the same kind of coat. And he knows that he's fucked up. And what he later does is he kills a series of women that look similar to Sally to cover the eventual murder of Sally that he's going to do. So he's <laughs> setting up like there's a serial killer that goes after a particular kind of looking woman. Oh, I thought he just kept getting it wrong. <laughs> Which is why all these women look very oh similar. Oh my fucking god. See, that's even better. I honestly thought he kept getting it Whoopsie. wrong. <laughs> I can't. Oh fucking hell. Oh, I wish I I wish it was that. I wish he was just shit at what he does and he just kept getting the wrong girl. Well he fucks up the first why... time. The first time he fucks up. Yeah. But then he changes this is why what he's doing. G didn't like it quite as much because she didn't have any idea what the fuck was going on <laughs> half the time. Maybe. <sighs> so the killer is John Lithgow. Can you Guy. believe it? What? From no Third way. Rock from the Sun. Uh, family guy, happy dad, buckaroo. alien. Oh, buckaroo. Oh my god. With his yeah, these weird early roles. Italian psycho. accent. 
Oh my god, the accent! <laughs> Fuck me. So bad, wasn't it? Yeah. God. So, yeah, it's... um. He kills the wrong woman, but then he sets up that there's a serial killer killing similar women, and then oh, he so the first one was Sally. a mistake. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, all yeah. right, all right. Gotcha. Because if he could have just killed Sally straight away, it would have been like, ah, job done. All my ends have been tied up. My loose ends. Yeah. Um, because basically he has a phone call with someone, uh, who is, um, basically he set him set him up to do a job, and he was like. I, he was only supposed to take pictures of you once. Meant uh, him, you weren't meant to shoot him. So basically, he fucked up that as well. Mm. But he, he is like, well, a psychopath he that enjoys the, killing. He got so. it. Yeah, he was like, well, I mean, we we got what we wanted. He's out of the race, isn't he? So basically, it was somebody trying to get him out of the uh, out of the presidential race. Mm-hmm. Out of the yeah. He, so um. And he was like, right, listen, I've got a plan. I'm going to cover it up. I'm going to tie up all the loose ends, say that it was just a, it was, that that, that was an accident and I just like killing sex workers. Um, it's so... a pretty good plan that John Lithgow has. His character's called yeah. Burke. He has a great plan. Um, and he's a book. Yeah, he certainly is a book. Um, Burke, of course, uh, meaning like a like a, a a tool, an idiot, a fool, a pillock, um, comes from um, rhyming Cockney rhyming slang. Um, Was it? Yeah, from um, Berkshire Hunt. Bark, of course, <laughs> is spelled Burke in Berkshire. Yeah. Um, so, of course, Berkshire <laughs> I Hunt. Didn't know that. Great. Uh, cunt. So, um, I, I bet you there's. A, you know that um, someone's gonna write a comment and say that's nonsense. That's not true. He's in. Um, the, we're in a bit of Barney <laughs> rubble because oh, of the <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god. Um. So yeah. Um. Sally still alive and well, and she's meeting up with Manny. Ugh. They're friends. They're Ugh. working together. What the fuck? Fucking Manny. We have Jack in the great sequence of him. Um. He's got the film footage from the rostrum camera, shots of the stills from the magazine, and he has it in film format, and he syncs up the audio that he recorded. And Basically, pretty- he, d- he, takes, he takes pictures of the little clips that he's got. Um, he doesn't have the original film yet. He's just got the stills. So he has to make his own little uh, thing. Mm, he, he recreates own the film, film footage. Which is very clever. Ima- very and I was clever. thinking, imagine... Having to edit YouTube videos this way. Oh, jeez. Would be a pain in ass. Would be. Would be. That's why YouTube wasn't a thing back then, because it was just too difficult. <laughs> yeah. So he syncs up the audio. So now he has the film footage with audio, with sound on it. So he can see yeah. that the car, you know, there's a bang. You know, what the... happens at the point of the bang, Simon? It's a muzzle flash. There's a muzzle flash. And he, he marks on the tape. He, I think he puts X for the bang and S for splash. Yes. <laughs> right? Is he yes. F? S? The S is for splash when the car hits the water? I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out what or, S or the stood other, for. I thought it was like X for when it hits the water and S for shot. Oh, maybe. Maybe I got it the wrong way around. That, uh, both anyway. of them kind of make sense. Mm-hmm. He's very clever and he hides it in the ceiling. He's like, ooh. Yeah, he puts it right in, next to a window. Uh, 
Yeah, right next to the yeah. window. Easily visible from like the, the street below if you're looking up. It's the mm. only apartment with the light on and he's hiding this thing. Yep. Uh, brilliant. Uh, Jack meets up with the asshole detective. I think it's the same one. Um, and the guy isn't having yes, it. Yes. And he's being a bit of a dick. And he says the words, you put a lot of good cops away. <laughs> he knows that he worked for the anti-corruption task force. I love force. how these these good cops that were done in by the anti-corruption thing. Sure, sure, Jen. Yeah, these good cops that are so good. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. No way would they. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not good, is it? Not good. Wanker. Jack has to leave the footage uh, with the guy for evidence, even though they're just going to basically hide it and make it go away. He, 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 said, he said that, and he was like, right, well, I'll see you fucking later then, mate. And he said, if you take that, I'm going to get you, put you in jail for withholding evidence. So he basically has no choice. What a fucking dick. Yeah. He has a picture of the Pope on the on his like pin board as well as the cop and I'm like, what? He's a Catholic. Right. So he has a poster of the Pope up on the wall to kiss? What what is I don't I don't think that's what Catholics do, but I don't know that that's not what they do. I don't, maybe well, they, I don't maybe know enough about Catholics. Do I don't know much about... about Catholicism. Are you talking about the guy that he takes the footage to, the, the his like boss or yeah. whatever? Yeah, because he's got the, no the, the the detective. The detective is because there's a there's a little piece of paper under like a light, and it's got a Pope John Paul II, and it's got like I guess a verse from something he said, and then there's like a picture of the Pope behind that little the screen as well. So isn't that weird? Very isn't weird. That fucking weird. It's really weird. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Um, I yeah. Have to ask. Brian De Palma. Cool. Um, Brian. So there is there is literally a conspiracy and uh Burke is a hitman going around killing people. Um so yeah, Jack and Sally are very much in danger here. Um 
we discover in this really weird interaction, Jack goes to where Manny's staying, and the guy at the desk, he just has these photos on him right now of Sally in bed with the governor, right? And he shows them to Jack. And it's like, why, why does he have these photos? I had a theory at this point in the film. I thought that that was a policeman. Mm. And he'd gone, Jack had gone there and, and he was like, well, he was giving these photos out to everyone and he did work in divorces. So basically Manny and Sally would set up men uh, yeah. and bribe them or basically be like implicate them that they are cheating on their wives. Um, and he said, people, yeah, black men. And he said, okay, okay, where is it? Where did I write this down? Some baby picture under his bed. And I was thinking, is this man a paedophile? Like, what the fuck does that line even mean? I don't know, because it was the 80s. So... And I thought he'd been arrested for, for taking pictures of kids and hiding them under his I bed. I have whiplash. <laughs> That's not what happened. No, I know, but I just, I'm, I was just like, what? I was what confused about who the fuck? guy even was. So you think he was a cop? I thought he was like the receptionist commissar or whatever. I, well, the guy wearing a cop uniform. Why was he wearing that weird hat though? I, I thought it was a police hat. Is that the hat the cops wore in the eighties? <laughs> Is this it? Isn't no. This is are you talking about I feel the like scene I'm high. where are you talking about the scene where he walks across like three bridal shops and then eventually walks into one bridal shop and then there's a guy that that I thought was a cop inside the bridal shop. I don't think it was a bridal shop. I it think was a bridal shop, right? Be the only reason why I know is because the scene starts. With him walking that across, that makes even less sense. <laughs> it starts with him walking across the strip, and I swear to God, there are like three bridal shops right next to right. each other. That's crazy. It's like shoe shops; they're always like gathered together, aren't they? It ba maybe back in the back in the day. Oh, actually, no, it kind of happens now a little bit too. But I think back in like those times, it was definitely more. Prominent. I'm glad I wasn't the only person that was a bit confused by this. So, so what's our current theory? That it's a guy that works in a bridal shop and Manny rents the apartment above and maybe in lieu, of, in lieu of rent, he gave the guy the pictures. Or, no, because he said he found them under his bed. What was he doing going through? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm confused. Sense, That's why I it? thought he was a policeman that had rumbled him for something. It doesn't make sense. This one scene. This is this is the real mystery of the film. Where is this? Where is this set, by the way? I don't know. Jack this... just walks into a place. No, 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 no. The city. The city. Oh, wherever the Liberty Bell is. Where's the Liberty Bell? I can't tell if it's meant to be like a fictional, like Chicago or fictional Philadelphia. Phil oh. I guess it must be Philadelphia. Definitely walks yeah. into, a, into a bridal shop. Gee, is right. And then there is carp photos, weddings, portraits. So basically his studio oh. is based in this uh, bridal shop. Um, and he says, yeah. it's Mr. That Carpin. makes sense now. 
So that's where he would develop the photos that he took yeah. and the footage that he and took. And I think that that's a policeman. Right. But I, I'm actually thinking it's just a security guard because he's got a name tag instead of... He's got a badge. He's got yes. like a... I didn't think he was a policeman, you know. There's the hat he's wearing. Yeah, that's a police hat. Like, that's the kind of hat that American police officers yeah, yeah, yeah. wear. Fuck. Um, yeah, yeah, Oh, my yeah. God. I've got to watch more 80s cop movies, clearly. Watch Maniac <laughs> Cop. Watch Maniac Cop. That's the only oh one. He offered me a thousand bucks. Right. So I could have made a lot of dollars of col- uh, collars. He says I could have made a lot of collars right. today, which is basically, he says, too bad there's no law against lying. I could have made a lot of collars today because he's saying that they're breaking the law if they were lying. Right. And he'd like to pick up his pictures. And he's saying, he's, he's basically raided. time on this scene. Yeah, well, listen, no, it's important to work it out what's going on. It is, yeah. He's basically, like, raided the entire studio. And I'm guessing it's to get rid mm. of these pictures of him. Right. Because it's a conspiracy. Because it's a to conspiracy. Cover They're trying to right. cover it up. They know that... They somehow know that this man has pictures of the governor with Sally. So he's like... And, and this cop shows the photos of Sally in bed with the governor. So just some random person that's walked in as well, by the way. Yeah. And you think this would end... The, the guy's career, and then they didn't have to kill him. Surely the photos would have been enough. But Burke's just wants to fucking murder people. I yes. think, well, no, basically, Burke was hired to cause an accident to then, like, make it be like, oh, my God, he's had an accident with a stripper in the car, with a, a sex worker in the car. And that's more of a scandal than just having these photos leak. They would be on top no, of it. No, here you go. Wait for right. it. Right. Because Burke had hired Carp to take the photos. Because Sally, I don't know was... if we know that. No, for sure. we do. To- well, somebody. Uh, it, well, it was it was um, the guy who was working with Burke. You know, the guy that said, "Hey, Burke, I need you to cause an accident," because Sally goes to Carp and says, "So who hired you to do this job?" It wasn't just them just having a laugh. Ah, uh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, and he was like, oh my some, God. he was paying us like six grand for this. He's a big time guy, you know? Mm. So that's, there is, there was a reason behind all, it does tie together. It, it They weren't just kind it's, of doing it's it. It's right after the scene where um, Jack's shown the photos that we have um, Burke on the phone to that guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he... He speaks very kind of like clinically. He's very flat. He says that he he decided to he decided to exceed the parameters of his authority somewhat. Yeah. Um by by shooting the fucking car, I guess. I was stayed within an objection um an acceptable margin of error, he says. Yeah, it's weird. Weird way of speaking. And he's he never met this guy um, as well. Like he's just saying like, Yeah. So I think I think that he was meant to cause an accident, um, to not kill the fucking not guy. kill him. Um, yeah. But he's like, well, I mean, job done anyway. In for a penny. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It, task failed successfully, sort of thing. <laughs> he fucking did it in the end. So it does all tie together, and that man is a policeman. And I yeah was wondering whether okay. that's why that's another reason why. 
They raided. It does make more sense now because it didn't. This scene did not make sense to me before, but now it does. It's one of those things that you kind of have to look quite closely at in some some respects. Yeah. Or watch it multiple times and stuff. It's the next scene where Jack goes <laughs> back to his uh, studio. Yes. And he discovers that um, not only is the recording of the accident scrubbed clean, but every single one of his tapes is now erased. I thought you were going to talk about the two girls in the recording booth that they're trying to get the perfect scream. The perfect scream. The perfect scream. Uh, and basically one's pulling the other's hair and shaking her around while one's screaming. He's like, this isn't working, switch. So he gets the other one to pull the their hair and scream. And it's like these <laughs> these girls are just having a great time. It's like he's just doing it for to watch girls pull each other's hair and screaming because they're kind of crap at it. Yeah. And then he goes up to his studio and he's like, oh, fuck all of me. Ah, bugger. I've taped years, over it. Years of work. And the evidence, everything has been erased by some sort of magnetron or something, well, right? That's what so it's called. he had, did you see in the car boot when Burke was like initially, he was going to go change out no the tire? No fucking way. Did you see? Chekhov's magnetron. Yeah, it, it had, he had a big thing in his boot saying magnetic tape. So I don't know. Insane. Uh, that was something I noticed the first time around, which I'm quite impressed at myself with. That's crazy. That's crazy. Magnetic tape eraser. He literally has a magnetic tape eraser in the car, in the car boot, spare tire. It's so, it knows what it's doing, does this film. Yeah. It's dumb. And it's like front and centre. It's in front of the tire, the spare tire. I love that when everything has been erased, Jack is like, he's quite upset. And he asked the, the receptionist lady, has anyone been in my office today? And she's like, yeah, I just there was some random guy. He said he wanted something. And he's like, who? Who is this guy? And she's like, I don't like the tone of your voice. And she just walks away. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. All of his work has been erased. These people aren't professionals, except for, for Jack. Like, the, nobody is really a big time anything. The receptionist doesn't give a yeah. shit. It's not as if they had any levels of security because it just wasn't a big deal. Yeah. And um, so obviously the, the the tape that he gave the detective also got erased mm. at some point. Well, he, the detective said it was blank. So it was done before yeah. he even gave. Yeah. Unless he was just And it's great shit. that we don't see that, actually. We don't see John Lithgow just, you know, creep into the office. Running big magnets over everything. Yeah, all happens off camera. Maybe they shot that, but they edited it out. I don't know. When I was a kid, right, I was told off so many times for playing with the fish tank cleaning magnets too near the telly and too near the tapes. Oh, my God. Because it made pretty colours on the telly. Did magnets because it obviously disrupts the electrons. That feels quite on brand for you, yeah. honestly. Do you want to know what something like else that. that I wrote down that I remembered? So right at the beginning, where Jack is listening through his his tapes and stuff, he's listening through his sound effects, and he's listening to one of Thunder. And I used to listen to sound effects tapes with my friends, and one of the, <laughs> one of the ones that we used to put on. Are you Dr. Goo... No, not Dr. Father Dougal Maguire from Father yes, Ted. I still have some nice um, sound effects records and stuff. BBC 70s 
sound effects of monsters, Just monster listen, sounds. Listening to owls hooting. I've got and, a, bir- a British yeah. birds one, but the one that we used to put on was <laughs> um, th- uh, like thunder. And we'd make my dad turn it up really, really loud, and me and my friend Jennifer would scream. <laughs> do you know what? I do have a question here that I was going to ask at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, say you're auditioning for the role of being the scream mm. in the movie. Can you give me a a great scream? You won't be able to hear it. Well, it'll be in the episode because uh, you're recording locally. G G lives in. She lives in a place with probably very thin walls and we, she doesn't want the police called on her. Yeah, it happens too much anyway. I don't want to scare the cats. So no, I'm not screaming for me. Although I did actually get a message from a musician that I know saying, can you scream on my record? And I never fucking got back to him. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe maybe I'll just do some screams for him. And... It's what it's like being a woman on the internet. You just get men asking you to scream. To be f- and I'm complicit in this. He's a, he's a musician I, I admire. I like his music. So it's not As opposed totally to Simon, weird. who I don't wow. admire. Fucking wow. Simon, if you were saying, Booth, can you scream on my record that's going to go out and people can listen to it and mm. it's a fun song, I'd be like, yeah, sure. But Simon asking me to scream while breathing very heavily down the mic. Oh, girls, can you give us your best scream? <laughs> I need to hear you screaming. <laughs> and can you... <laughs> and can you say harder oh, daddy as well? <laughs> oh my God. It's for a a project I'm working on. A record. Yeah, I'm making a record. Uh, yeah. Just need to just need to hear that. Oh God. Anyway, um Where were the local we? news anchor. Yes. Local news anchor Frank Donahue. Shows up. At Hi, Jack's I'm Frank studio. Donahue. Hi, I'm Frank Donahue. He wants to interview Jack and um, wants to show whatever footage or audio he has and interview him and have everything just out there. And Jack, kind of, not he's not that interested in it, but later on he will be because he realizes that if this is all out in the open, then. Maybe that will stop people trying to like kill him. Um, but to start with, he's not really up for it. Um, he Jack explains to Sally that you know again for like I think the fifth time he says this wasn't an accident. It wasn't a blowout. Um, and he says that he saw the photos of her with the governor, and he needs that original footage from Manny, and he knows that she's working with him. And if they if they do go public, then they won't they won't be loose ends that will be like disappeared because if everything's out in the yeah, open. Yeah, because nobody if if everybody knows and then they disappear. If they're mm. on telly and then suddenly they turn up dead, then they people will know. Yeah. That, so basically, that that is like ensuring his safety in that respect. So Sally has to go and visit Manny to try and uh, get the footage from him, and. Manny is just the biggest fucking piece of shit. He he even he's like drinking from a bottle of liquor. He he's he's having a piss with the door wide open, talking to her, and he, then he doesn't wash his hands afterwards. Disgusting. Um, and then he like forces himself on her, and um, Sally's 
forced to defend herself by smashing his head in with a bottle of liquor. And also, like, have you you've held a bottle of liquor before? You know how hard and heavy those bottles are. <laughs> the weak sort yeah. of hit that she gives him is just hilarious. I don't know how that knocked him out. It didn't, honestly. It is, you know, and the bottle broke and everything. Unless she has some kind of incredible superpower, which she doesn't. Yeah. No. She's just a woman. She's a woman. You can't fucking um, do anything. <laughs> but yeah, Sta- Sally then steals the the original footage he recorded. Oh, we get the we get a little scene of John Lithgow Burke doing his weird phone call to like the police, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't mean to kill her. Oh, it all got out of hand, and she's all she's dead. She's in a hole somewhere." Talking <laughs> it's, about the prostitute really he, weird. he murdered earlier. Yeah, yeah, the one he thought was Sally. But now he's setting up him playing the role of serial killer. Mm. He's leaving this clue for the police. They'll discover the body. So it's all being put into motion. Um, And we also have um, Jack on the phone, and we learn that it's being wiretapped in the (laughs) basement. Fucking Burke is listening in and recording it. Um, And he knows that this news reporter wants to interview Jack and Sally. Oh, another thing is that the um, when he after he killed that woman that wasn't Sally, he stabbed her in the shape of the Liberty Bell, yeah, presumably on her chest. And when he was stabbing her, there was like a, a like a, a peeling sound of a bell, which was weird oh. at the time. I was like, why is why can I hear a bell? That doesn't make sense. But then later we discovered that he was stabbing the shape of a bell into her. So now that bit makes made sense to and me. And it's all around this Liberty um, Bell celebration and the um the Jubilee. Yeah, it's been a hundred years since the, the Liberty Bell last rang, so they're having a big parade and everything's great. And that was the the sort of ball where the uh, the the senator was, the governor was when he met uh, yeah. Sally. It's really, the Liberty Bell is such a weird thing. I don't really know that much about it. All I know is that it's got a big crack in it. Yeah. But I th- I think they repaired it and it was going to ring out on this Jubilee for the first time in 100 years. I don't know. Americans are weird. Bells is weird. <laughs> Bells well. is weird, man. Yeah. So Burke phones up Sally, putting on a voice to sound a bit like Frank Donahue. Donahue. I'm trying to sound well, trying to sound American when I'm saying his name. Sally, Donahue. Sally has never spoken to Frank Donahue, so it doesn't matter. She's never seen him. She's never spoken to yeah. him. So he's just sort of she's putting never on his telly. Yeah. Hi, I'm Frank Donahue. Donahue. But it's not. It's Burke, and he wants to meet up with her and, and get the tape off of her. Uh, she visits Jack first, though, which was a good decision because otherwise she could have ended up dead. Yeah, he he was waiting for a phone call from Donahue himself, but Donahue hasn't been able to get through because Burke put a block on his phone line so that he could phone up Sally instead and be like, oh, I can't get through to him. His line's engaged. What a shame. So basically giving yeah. him this plausible deniability and say, look, I don't know, man. So that's. He was like... He's clever, isn't he, Burke? He's yeah. He's a bastard. But he did... She did... Clever. He said, how did Frank get your number? And he, I didn't give it to him. So that's when he's he's thinking like, oh, shit, maybe... A little bit sus. A little bit sus. Mm. 
So Donahue wants to meet her alone at the train station with the the original film footage Mm. and the audio recording Jack made. Uh, These are like the only remaining copies um, that he stored up in the ceiling tile. Well, he I was I was writing down. Oh my god! I hope he's making more copies of this shit because this was after it been it been deleted and stuff. But he did say she said like, "Oh, what if I just threw it out?" And he said, I'd still have the original back. I'd still have a copy. Yeah. So he did have, he was making copies. But he can only copy the audio and not the film footage before she has to meet Donahue. He doesn't have the time. Right. So she's going to go off with the only film footage that's remaining mm. and a copy of the audio. Um, mm. So as a precaution, he, he wires her up. He hides the, the microphone. Yeah. Under her clothes. I wrote down, I hope she doesn't get really sweaty, because that wouldn't... Last time, this didn't go well. Yeah. A guy fucking died. Mm. Um, and we see Burke at the train station idly playing with his piano wire strangle watch device thing. We hear that whirring sound as mm-hmm. he's fucking around with it. And he's listening to a hooker negotiating with a sailor about uh, how long to suck him and his mates off or whatever. <laughs> um, I genuinely thought that was Sally again. It's a woman that looks a lot like Sally, and I guess that's the point I of know. the serial killer killing these women. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he is—he—you can see in his face—he wants to murder the fuck out of her. He is dying to fucking kill her. And this <laughs> next scene is fucking hilarious. So I think they negotiate thirty minutes for thirty dollars. It was 60 minutes for $60 at start. And he was like, I've only got $20 for 20 minutes. And she's like, it's a shame you don't have $60 for 60 minutes. And he's like, I wish I had $60 for 60 minutes. They just keep saying. <laughs> How about things. $40 for 40 minutes? Um, he eventually gets like another 10 bucks from his sailor buddies because they want him yeah. to get sucked off. And they go into a phone booth. There's like, uh, I think there's four phone booths. And they go into the right one. And. Well, he goes into it and she's already waiting. Uh, he unzips and he literally comes after 20 seconds of her sucking him off. But he, she is really fucking going for it. 20 seconds. Yeah, he's a, he's a slow down. He's thrashing around. Ah! She's like, everything's shaking. It's like, what an incredible blowjob. She says the line, some hotshot sailor you are. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Listen, sailors have been on like uh, on a boat for ages. I want a woman to say that to me if I come in 20 seconds. I'll be like, that's hilarious. I get that reference. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, fuck. So uh, Burke is watching from like the far left phone booth and he holds up like some money. Um, but it mm. doesn't matter because the hooker like goes off to brush her teeth. Thank God. So... Yeah, she, between clients. That's yeah, only polite yeah, to that's, do, isn't she, it? Because she agrees, give me five minutes. And he's like, okay, five minutes. Um, but he follows her to the bathroom and strangles the fuck out of her. It, it, it's very touch and go harsh. at the time because she hears little like noises and turns around, but she doesn't look up above her where he's sort of hanging out, where waiting, he is. Yeah, waiting for her to, to turn her back to him so that he can lift her up by her neck. And dangler. Horrible, isn't it? Fucking horrible. Yeah. Um, 
Very bloody strong. Yeah. Well, he's a tall, big man, is John Lithgow. He's a big man. Mm. And then Burke is suddenly all smiles in the role of Frank Donahue as he uh, approaches Sally in the train station. Wipes the blood off his shoes. <laughs> God. Jack, of course, is listening in uh, in his weird little Jeep car. His little It is a little Jeep. I love that little Jeep. Cars used to be much smaller, didn't they? I, I love it. They walk off before Jack can like catch up with them because he goes running after them. He says, said changing location. I think we're being followed. Never go to a second location. Yes. Never. So, yeah, Jack thinks that Burke as Frank Donahue isn't the danger, but this other mysterious person following them could be the danger. Well, which of course he's wrong about. He th- he, th- he thinks like um, he doesn't. He knows that something's off, and yeah, Burke knows that Jack will have followed them because you know he's he's seen he saw that they went to she went to his house mm. and you know he knows he knows this stuff. And of course, Burke wants to get her to a quiet place so he can just fucking kill her and get it done. That's the entire point. Kill her, get the tapes, destroy the tapes, bosh, everything cleaned up. And they disappear. Like, Sally says, you walk very fast. (laughs) (laughs) You're a fast walker. Um, Jack is trying to discover where they are, but I think he hears the turnstile to the subway, and that makes him realise that they're going to the subway. They're not taking, like, an overground train. Now, I wrote down in the little bit before this, did you notice that there was like loads of people wearing red? And I thought, Simon, Simon will mention the people in red representing like blood. Communism. Oh, communism. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to get all like sim- symbolic about it for some reason. I assumed it because of like the Jubilee It was, thing. yeah. But I thought you were going to be like, oh, yeah. it's symbolism. No. No. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry for letting you down. Oh, geez, um, she's going to let me down about the other thing I wrote down that she'd say. Oh, I'll say, it, I'll say it. I'll say it at the end. Okay. okay. It's something about feet. I'm it's sure. not about feet. Uh, so Burke, he, he walks Sally along the platform um, to the, like where the tunnel starts and he's about to fucking kill her. Um, but there's a guy cleaning graffiti and that, that man saved her life in that moment. Um, But thankfully, Sally cleverly says, Franklin Bridge Express, huh? So she lets Jack know, who's listening Mm. in, what train they're getting onto. But he's too late. The train departs before he can get on board. Did the the graffiti on the front of the subway train say fart, by the way? I don't think they say fart in America. I think they say Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think they say blowout. (laughs) We see the parade, the Liberty Bell Jubilee Day Parade. And this is not a shooting the rodeo thing. This whole parade was planned and set up specifically for the film. Amazing. Um, But, you know... Which um, which is insane. Jack didn't get on the train, so he has to get on his his tiny little Jeep and drive there. So off he goes. And he, he drives through a bunch of red lights, drives through like a roadblock, drives right through the parade. It's lucky he didn't fucking kill a bunch of people. He would have totally... These days, this would be a terrorist attack and he would have been gunned down. Right. So the, the fact... 
There was somebody playing a double bass in par- the parade. That is impossible. <laughs> you know how big a fucking double bass is? Trying to walk with that strap so they're, you. Yeah, they're like marching with it. <laughs> like Madness. Maybe if they had wheels at the bottom. And also, you won't be able know. to really hear um, that in a parade. No. Not unless there's like uh. 20 of them. It's, it's more like brass instruments because they've got like quite a good projection on them. Yeah. Stupid. Um, so this this parade must have added to the budget massively. They there was eleven cameras yep. used to film it, a thousand extras, twenty five stunt drivers. They used vehicles from the P- Philadelphia Fire and Police Department. So there we are. It is Philadelphia, mm. and they used a, a special helicopter mounted camera rig that they brought in from Norway. Wow. So uh, was it worth it for this like one sequence? Oh, it's It lasts like a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot, I guess. It is a build-up. Yeah. They do like breadcrumb it throughout the um, the movie, the the whole Liberty Bell thing. I enjoy the bit where um, he drives into a shop front that has a man hanging there in a noose. Oh, yeah, that was weird. That the was fact very that weird. This shop is celebrating something by having a mannequin in a noose. Yeah. As well. Like, I know that it, Maybe I know that it's relevant they were hanging to the film. An Englishman. Oh yeah, that's probably right. Mm. That makes it okay then, because to be fair, I mean, we deserve it. We deserve it. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's relevant to the film because done. people are being strangled and being choked and stuff. Um, yeah. But it's very strange still. So, yeah, this little jeep. Jack just smashes it through the window of this shop and he's knocked unconscious. He's bleeding at the wheel. He could have just waited and taken the next train and maybe things would have been different. You don't know how long that's going to be, though, because in some places, yeah, the trains are like every two minutes, like in London. But you Mm. don't know if that's the case everywhere. Some... We need to do we need to do some research on the frequency of subway trains in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia during the early eighties. Yeah. Um, gee, if you could just get on that, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack comes to in the ambulance. Um, it's night time. Nobody's guarding this man that's just driven through. Uh, there's no police anywhere. <laughs> no. He just drove through a parade. He could have killed dozens of people. Um, but no. Burke has walked Sally just God knows where now. Um, they're by the river. He gets the tape off of her, just pulls it apart and just throws it into the river. And Sally's like, What are you what's what's going on? What are you doing? Sally's what's, not really what? very bright, is she? She's No, no. I think she's trusting, mm. you know. Mm. And Burke then starts attacking her and dragging her around. Uh, and Jack, of course, can hear this commotion. And he he hears Burke mention the fireworks, so he runs in the direction of the fireworks, which seems very vague, but somehow it's a good enough clue, I guess. Um, there's, a, there's a shot here which I am pretty fucking convinced that John Lithgow picks up a dummy that's wearing a wig like Nancy Allen's hair. Because the way he's carrying her, it feels very much like a dummy. But to be fair, when um, John Travolta She's was... She's not moving? When John Travolta was pulling her out of the car, her legs were all stiff like she was a dummy as well. 
And I was like, maybe that's just what Nancy Allen just... is. Maybe that's what Brian De Palma saw in her. <laughs> I didn't hire her for her acting. I hired her for her very stiff legs. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, of course, we hear Sally screaming as Burke's attacking her, and it's a really great scream. Uh, Jack somehow manages to reach Burke on like the top of a fucking building or platform or something with the Liberty Bell ringing, the fireworks going off, a giant flag, um, American flag behind them. Um, He grabs the ice pick that he was going to stab Sally with and he manages to kill Burke with it. And he goes to look down at the ground. He does it like... um, Sally's just lying there. He does it like in Ghost where... um... Like he stands behind him and he's like guiding his hands and he just makes him stab himself. <laughs> like, like the pottery scene. Yeah. yeah. There you go. It is a In bit you like go. that. In you go. And uh, yeah, she's lying, she's lying there. She's uh, already been choked. So there's no. She's fucking dead. But instead of like asking, calling for help, you know, on the off chance that you could, she could be saved, he's, uh, he's just like, uh. <laughs> He's sad with all the fireworks going off behind him. It's very stressful. And presumably he just leaves her body there um, because the news reports that um, Sally managed to kill this serial killer, the Liberty Bell killer, before succumbing to her injuries. No mention of Jack whatsoever. Yeah. Which... So he just left her dead body there. Well, I mean, I think that was a smart thing to do, honestly. Because, yeah. because the police already don't like him. True. And then he knows that everything's being covered up and if they want to get rid of him, they can just say that he was the serial killer or whatever, or he was complicit. Yeah. You know? um, the thing... And he already, drove, he already drove through the parade. Yeah. The thing that <laughs> I am... So this is happening right next to the Liberty Bell. And the, the Liberty Bell is being rung by two guys. And they're just like... Pfft. Yeah. Can't stop ringing the Liberty Bell. Can you hear a girl screaming? No. All I hear is a bit... No, the other girl goes, go, what? <laughs> I said, can you hear a girl scream? What? What? Oh, never mind. Stop ringing the what? bell, I can't hear you. <laughs> They're going to have terrible tinnitus oh, after God. this night. Oddly, oh my God, I've got some facts for you. Oh, go on. Well, when I was watching this, I got tinnitus and went deaf in one ear. Oh my God. I- like, it was near the beginning, and I was like, fucking hell, what's happened here? And I was jiggling my ear around, and it was just, it, my hearing was gone, and it gradually came back. But yeah. I mean, right before we started recording, I blew my nose, and my, my left ear was blocked for a, for a little bit. Yeah. It's all very appropriate, isn't it? It's all very, very appropriate. So, um, to wrap this up, Jack is listening back to the, uh, the tape from the wire Sally was wearing, and... He'd recorded it all. He recorded her screaming as she was being murdered. And they used that final scream of hers in the shit movie that we saw right at the start with the the girl that couldn't scream. Sally's scream is overlaid on top of her. And it sounds great. Jack. She did want to be in movies. Says it's a good scream. He's crying. Yeah. And she. He's crying as he says that. And the director saying it's, more, <sighs> more, more on the screen. Give him more on the screen, and he's covering his what? ears. Going, it's so, <sighs> it's so fucked up. And that's the end of the film. That's how it ends. And that's why I thought, gee, 
make sure you watch something nice after this because it's a bit of a downer ending. No, I didn't feel um, much, honestly. I'll be real with you. She felt nothing at this point. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, um, our, our final thoughts. Sophie, would you like to go first as this was your pick? Yes, absolutely. Um, beautiful shots and an interesting plot and it felt a little crushed and lackluster at the end, but that might just be because of the ending. Mm. You know, I, looking back, I think actually, you know, it works. It's fine. It, it was uh, it was great, and it was worth paying two pounds ninety nine to rent it on Amazon. Yeah, um, absolutely. I did write down. G will like this, and maybe mention oh. how Travolta looks like Jake Gyllenhaal in Night Stalker, which I'm guess I guess was kind of influenced by this, uh, but back to front. I do like that film. Yeah, it's, right. It's similar. Yeah, I get. I get. I get what you meant by that. Like, like the way that his hair is in the way that he dresses, and I just feel like there's a yeah. Lot I do of... like an unhinged, <laughs> long yeah, haired man. Long <laughs> man. <laughs> oh, no, I just yeah. I feel like there's a lot of parallels in it. In a no, way. I, I say that with like I'm not even joking. No, I'm not I do joking. like unhinged. Great. <laughs> this was the the most down to earth role I felt John Travolta has played, and it's a fucking stupid fucking film. It's probably one of the more Realistic Brian De Palma yeah. movies um, as well, I would say. But I gave it an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10? Yeah. Okie dokie. Shall I go next and then we can yes. hear G shitting mm. on it? <laughs> um, I also gave this 8 out of 10. Mm. I, I love Brian De Palma from um, Phantom of the Paradise yes. to Snake Eyes, pretty much. Uh, had a had solid run of films. It, it's, it is really good to watch John Travolta like at his peak, just being amazing. Uh, just to remind you how good he actually was. Was because you know if you watch like Battlefield Earth and you know that nonsense, you're like Jesus Christ. Mm. Or when he's playing Moose in that weird film. Um. Oh God. What, what um, weird film? What? It's he's like a stalker with like. A mental disability. Oh and my it's god! I forgot all about that. Holy shit! That crazy thing. I think this this film's got a it's a really tight plot about a conspiracy. Um, I think it's just complicated enough. Obviously, there were a few things that I didn't entirely catch, even on my second mm. viewing of it. Now, I think I've only watched this once before. I think Brian De Palma does a good sort of crossover of movies that are like almost Hitchcock thrillers this one not so hitchcock inspired compared to a lot of his other films mm. but it's also got a bit of like exploitation horror in it um and of course there's the themes of voyeurism that he does well mm-hmm. um and jack terry is actually a pretty competent and smart protagonist yeah i feel i feel like he does most things like the right way he makes good calls you know he tries to to figure out what's going on he tries to like cover his ass and look after people you know i he's not an idiot no um and obviously the scene where he's putting the the stills together and recreating the footage that was very smart that's amazing um i think if my first viewing i probably would have rated it higher than eight because it was really impactful especially the ending really got to me the ending of it 
I was like, oh my god, that like just him in the cinema with Sally scream in this shit movie, just a brutal fucking ending. Um, I loved it, um, but second time around, it's not quite as impactful as it was. Um, so yeah, a real solid, decent movie. Um, G Star Games. Uh, I don't know. There's like. It's one of those movies where I like elements of it, and but like together, it doesn't quite hit the mark for me. Mm. It felt it felt like a roller coaster that had the you know incline, and then it had the the drop, and it's like, oh, this is interesting. I quite I kind of like the premise. The cinematography is great. The audio is fantastic. The 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 set the the everything like, so much worked. It had so much going for it, but after that first drop of thrill, it was just a very sort of like steady pace with a couple of swerves, and I just was like, "Where's?" Because it's a mystery thriller, and I'm like, "Is the mystery in the room with us right now?" Like, I don't understand what is so sort of mysterious about this in certain aspects. Like, yeah, there, there were things that I didn't like, sort of clock onto, like straight away but it just fell flat for me um but it, i it, mean i guess we do know that there's a, like a conspiracy and a murder right from the start exactly so i guess for me i'm just like i guess because we know so early on and i'm waiting for the other shoe to drop and it just doesn't and i'm like okay what am i waiting for reference for? yeah mm -hmm. of course <laughs> and I'm just like waiting for this thing to happen. But I don't know if it's because you said that thing about the last like 10 minutes of the film or maybe I was waiting for like a twist. I mean, it is kind of a twist in a way. You make it you know, waiting for something bigger, maybe. But yeah, I think so. I was expecting more of an impact, more of a punch, more of a, more of a deeper conspiracy. And it just doesn't land that at all and it's a shame because there's a lot there's a lot of really good things going for it it just ends up being a nothing sandwich for me would you have liked john lithgow to just like peel off his face no and he's, he's like an alien i think no. she's saying that she would have at least liked <laughs> to have seen some kind of justice as well maybe it just I guess because, yeah, there's like, you know, it's all about a conspiracy, a political conspiracy, and it's just very obvious from the beginning, I guess. And maybe because there's no, there's no, I feel like there's no element of mystery, really. So I'm just like waiting for something to happen and it just never does. You like but there are some Columbo because you know, <laughs> ah, like, like Columbo, yeah. you know who's done it from the start and you know what's uh -huh. going on. Well, I, I, I'd like I'm more mystery with my mystery, right. basically. Like is what I'm. You like to be guessing guess, along with the characters, yes. Rather than, I mean the the way that it evolved for me personally mm. is that we were sort of finding out with the characters because this didn't go the way that was initially planned for the guys that did it. So they were like, "Oh fuck, what oh. am I going to do? I'm going to make it." look like I'm murdering prostitutes to cover this up. So it was right. like it was very it was more realistic in a way 
because yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, I get that. It, it was more grounded. Yeah, it was more grounded. It wasn't. It was like more real life. Like, well, nothing actually fucking ever goes the way you want it to, and every life's just gone back to normal. He can't tell anybody yeah. about this. Justice has not been done. Justice has not yeah. been done. Nobody found away out. With it. Nobody found out about uh, Sally. She was just another murdered prostitute to everybody else. Nobody found out mm. who did that. Nobody found out that this was a death, like a a murder. Nobody found out anything, and life's just gone back to normal. And he's just crying to himself about it because. Well, I mean, he's the sort of. I feel like you know he's the making of this situation, though. He brought about all of this when they were like, you know, just to get her, leave the hospital, and Damn. get the fuck out of here. Um. He could have very well left left it alone, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the process, a lot of people died. And you know, and at one point in the movie, he's like, um, "If they if they can get away with this," and and the guy's like, "Who's they? Who the fuck are you talking? Who's they? Like what? Like there's just there's just no. I I understand. Con- it sounds like you're victim blaming." And you, and you're defending the the people I'm behind not, the conspiracy. I'm not because the thing is though, there's there's this political assassination conspiracy. I get it, you know, but at the same time, it's just it does it does not. There's no punch, and it's because of the the lack of mystery, the lack of you know. There are certain elements that they reveal throughout the film, but they're not enough for me to go, ooh, ooh, didn't see that coming or whatever. I guess I just wanted more re- revelations, more revealing, and there was just too much laid bare too early on for me to. It was quite feel invested. A steady pace of it as well, so you didn't actually get that sort of like excitement from from it because it was it was very gradually unfolding in that sense yes. as well so yes. new bits and then the bits sort of gradually appeared and then it wasn't like bam here's a fucking bit of truth for you bastards yeah it wasn't like that yeah, yeah, it was yeah, sort yeah. of like a gradual unveiling yeah. of plot of, of plot and <clears throat> you know things but like i said i love the the costumes the fucking film like the the uh, cinematography, the filmography, the sound, it had so much going for it. Like, wow. Damn. Just wow. But like the fucking plot just... Whew. Damn. Yeah, it was all right. You know, nothing nothing to... Tell us how you really feel. Brian De Palma, if he's mm. listening to this, he's in tears right now. Well, I mean, he's in tears, no offense, but it didn't do well for... I mean, I don't know, you know, but what for what reason didn't it do well in the box office and a lot of people think Well I do I do have a reveal mm-hmm. for that. Oh. The 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 downer ending um really fucked with the box office. There was a lot of word of mouth that it was very bleak. People hated it in the ending. People and people didn't want to watch it. What of was that. the other film where um Someone was told to change the ending of it, and they fucking didn't. Rambo. Rambo. Yeah, people. Was it Rambo? Well, people hated sad endings. Yeah, because they were supposed to kill him at the end, and they did a test screening. Mm. And oh my god! And they were like, "No, they didn't like that." Uh, so they changed it, yeah. and he survived in the end. And then we got all the wonderful sequels. See, this this is it. Like <laughs> test. Uh, screen audiences and the general public would be like, well, I want everything to be tied up nice and neat in a little bow. So I want the bad guy to go to prison or die. I want the good guy to get like a medal and get the girl. 
Yeah, and also that's no. not me to that's not me saying like you know because uh, uh, you know life doesn't always have happy endings. No. Situations don't always have happy endings, and I get that. And I wasn't looking mm. for a happy ending just, in this. Sometimes film. it doesn't work in cinema, does it? Like, I just, there's something about that maybe the the pace and the delivery of why it just did not land because I do quite I do kind of like the ending like in the end you know they still win and you know people like Sally do get fucked over and uh, no matter how much you try to serve out justice and yeah it's, it's like I said it's a poetic ending you know because her mm. scream was used uh in the end you know because he's it's the process of filmmaking and the main characters, you know, who's examining the sound, is trying to connect the pieces with the sound and the photographs, the crime scene. It's it was engaging up until a certain point. Right. Yeah. Well, that's that's fair enough. Every, you know, people entitled to their opinion. You know, we all have different tastes. We all want different things from film, mm-hmm. and that's that's fair enough. G. That's why they make different films because if everybody had the same taste in film, it would be. Yeah. There'd be nothing but Marvel movies. Forever. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> uh, uh, six. Six. Sure. That's going down in the dock. Um, do we have any interesting bits of trivia you might have found? Um, quick one here. The film's tagline was Murder has a sound all of its mm. own. Which I thought Ooh. was nice. Really nice. It references to like the the sound of the the you know the gunshot and also her scream mm. at the end. It's, you know, clever. Um, she Nancy Allen. Nancy Allen. She did you notice she was wearing a little um rabbit's foot all the time? I did. Oh, God, yeah, she, I did. She, she wore it so that she it was as if her character was superstitious about things, mm. which doesn't really. It doesn't, but it's it's kind of ironic that she's just really unlucky to be. She wore something around her neck as like protection, but she actually got garroted. That's kind of ironic. Um, The actress in the shower scene at the beginning of the film who has the terrible scream, she was played by Missy Cleveland, playmate of Mm -hmm. the month, April nineteen seventy nine. So we, of course, we've got the, the Playboy girl with her tits Which is out. standard for that kind Classic. of movie that they were making. Yeah. Spot on, isn't it? Absolutely spot on. I, was, I wrote down some of the names of the posters that they had up as well. There was, um, let me see. So they had uh, Squirm, the boogeyman, without warning, the incredible melting man. They oh. had, where was it? I wrote down so many because I was like, this is so cool. Lure of the Triangle. That's a that's a porn. Empire of the Ants. Have you oh. seen the, the poster for Lure of the Triangle? It's fucking great. Is the triangle uh, uh, the hair of a vagina? Yeah, the ship coming out of her pants. Nice. Great. That's nice. Uh, so Classy. I just I enjoyed all the little little movies, movie posters in there. Brian De Palma considered Al Pacino for mm. the role of Jack Terry, he but did. he ultimately chose John Travolta, who himself lobbied De Palma to cast Nancy Allen for the role of Sally, because they all worked together on Carrie. Mm. De Palma didn't want 
Nancy Ellen because he was married to her and just didn't want her to be the actress that's in all of her husband's films. But he ultimately agreed to her being in it because John Travolta, I guess you don't say no to. And, of course, we've got uh, previous collaborators with De Palma. We've got uh, the guy from NYPD Blue, who played Manny. Uh, John Lithgow, who was in uh, Obsession and then uh, Raising Cain. I think it was after this. Uh, the cinematographer, editor, and the composer all previously worked with Brian De Palma as well. So it's he had his crew, and he just bashed out these um, cool films. Mm. Quentin Tarantino said this was his uh, favourite Brian De Palma movie. Is it because there's feet on the poster? Oh, my God. That's actually a good point, Booth. That's Jesus. a very, very good point. He knows he's a man after his own heart. He knows what he wants. With, with, he knows what he wants, knows what he likes. Uh, so he cast John Travolta in Pulp Fiction because he liked his performance in this movie. That's really cool. It's so cool. Mm. This is one of Tarantino's top three films. That's, um, that's even more surprising. Rio Bravo and Taxi Driver mm. also on that list. And in homage, Tarantino used the music from this film, the, the Sally and Jack um, leitmotif. Leitmotif? Or was it light, leitmotif? Um, so yeah, it was in uh, the film Death Proof yeah. from the, uh, the Grindhouse film. Oh, cool. One, I can't remember if it's the first or second one. Oh, the Anchorman, the um, Frank Donahue, was played by Dave Roberts, and no one knows who he is, but he was actually a, a weatherman in Philadelphia, <laughs> and he is the father of Angel from Buffy. What? That's amazing. Jack mentions working on a film called Bordello of Blood which is fictitious in this film, but it was actually a, a, a somewhat famous script that was going around Hollywood uh, in the 70s, but it didn't actually get made until 1996. Um, so it is a real film now, but when this film was made, it wasn't. Isn't that crazy? It was just this script that no one made that floated around for like 25 years. That's brilliant. And I guess, you know, I'm sure it's really good, this film that took 25 years. I haven't to be seen made. it, but I kind of want to. I've heard of it. Um I've got Food of the Gods. I'm looking at the other the other movies. Uh The Incredible Melting Man. Trying to figure out what that one is. Cause they're moving so fast. And I recognise the posters, but I can't quite tell. I know without warning, hundred percent. Oh well, I'm. This is just me going You're just on about listing. shit. You're just yeah. listing things. I'm just looking at what 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 <coughs> you know what the what the film posters are because I find this shit fascinating. <laughs> I like it. So the the budget of this film was 18 million, but they spent an extra nine million in marketing because they were so convinced this was going to be a big hit. <laughs> um, and it wasn't. So it only made uh, just under fourteen million, plus another eight million in rentals, due to the word of mouth spreading about it having a horribly bleak ending and being a real downer of a film. They, the producers, thought it was going to make like eighty million at the box office, so it fell pretty fucking short of that. Um, sadly, yeah. 
So kind of a bomb, really. But it didn't kill um, Brian De Palma's career, thankfully. It didn't kill anyone's career, which is great. Well, I guess maybe it killed the career of that. There was an actress in it. Oh, Deborah Everton. She played the the hooker that blowed the um, sailor Mm. in the train station. This was her only acting credit, but that's because she worked in like costumes and wardrobe. She she wasn't an actress. They just needed a woman that looked a bit like Nancy Allen to suck off a sailor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I guess someone was like, "Oh, I know, I know this woman. She looks a bit like Nancy Allen. She's got great hair." Uh, do you think this would make a good video game, Blades? No. <laughs> Oh, gee. Um, <laughs> Poor G. No. I just don't see it. G-star game. I what? think it would be an, in- an interesting um, way of trying to solve puzzles, mm. like listening to things, like having a uh, something where you have to listen for clues as opposed to anything else. Have you played Immortality by Sam Barlow? I have not. It is a game... I'm using that loosely. It's an interactive series of films. Okay. There was an actress who had a a somewhat odd career. She was in only like three films. And you have footage from these three films, but they're not in chronological order. You have to use like keywords and clicking on the items in shot to then go to a different clip that might have the same item in it. Or something similar. Right. So you go between three different films in three different times, back and forth, and there's this weird mystery that you have to solve, and there's a lot of weird hidden things about it. But Mm. I can kind of see that working, where you're trying to piece together footage, listening to audio cues, trying to sync up audio with different footage, and trying to like solve a mystery using that. So I think it could work in that kind of format. It's a strange game. I think it was on Netflix or something. Mm. Um, I struggle to even call it a game because there's not really much traditional gameplay. <laughs> okay. Um, you're just going backwards and forwards around different clips. And then eventually, after like many, many, many hours, you'll have the whole thing unlocked and then you can actually watch these full-length movies that they made for this game. Um, it's crazy. There's like an exploitation movie about like a, a nun and like a, this, this demon, um, which is like this 70s like Italian-style film. Quite good. Um, but then there's other ones that aren't as, as cool. Um, but it's an interesting premise. And I think it could work for this. But, I mean, it's a shame that you've got no idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, It's a very, it's a unique game. Anyway, uh, this podcast also has a bit of a downer ending, much like the movie Blowout. I Well, not yet, because we have to do our role, actually, don't we? We do. So, this could save everything. Um, Do you want want my addition to the list as well? Oh, yes. Yes, I certainly do. Would that be okay if I gave you that? I would love to hear um, your replacement for Blowout. I'd love a a drum roll, please. And (laughs) (laughs) Wild at Heart. Oh, my God. 
That's for G-Star Games, isn't it? No, it's for me. Fuck G, she didn't like my film. This is for me. I thought you put a David Lynch movie there for her. It's for me. I love David Lynch. Uh, I also just want somebody to call me Peanut, like Nicolas Cage calls. I'm going to call you Penis. No. It's a sign of my individuality. (laughs) Brilliant. Gee, did you want to replace your anime with a film that's actually available on streaming? Uh, not really. Do we have a bit of a trouble in the UK? We can leave it on there and just try and find some other way to watch it. I mean, we've all got it on physical media. Yeah. Do not watch Perfect Blue? There's a lot of, like, anime I mean, I websites, uh, I guess. But, you know, those are the um, winky face, you Wink. know. Yeah. Wink. Yeah, yeah. We'll leave it for um, now and then. We'll see. Because there's only a 1 in 18 chance of it coming up. So, <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. So, this is for um, what number on each of our lists is to narrow it down to one choice from each of us. And it's two. So, <laughs> Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, or Raiders of the Lost Ark, which rhymes, or The Hidden. Okay, that's a good, that's a good selection. There isn't actually. A losing one in this set, in my opinion. I, I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to... Uh, yeah, okay. So, a, a one or two will be Simon. Three or four will be G. A five or six will be Sophie. And it's a stop. It's a two. It's Simon! Oh. It's Alphira, Mistress of the Dark! <laughs> okay, yes. Pog! <laughs> Fucking Pog! Fucking oh, my film. God. This is so a good... Much funny, uplifting, feel-good movie. Absolutely. And I feel like we needed this. It is a fabulous movie. We got justice at the end of the episode. We've got fun, entertainment. I can't believe it was two and a two. That's just how it works. The rules. Are you excited about Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, G-Star Games? I am. You never watched it before, I'm assuming. I have not seen it before, but I know it's iconic. I've seen a lot of clips from it. Um, yeah, and, and I've genuinely always wanted to watch it. So this is a really, really happy thing to happen. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, this is good. This is good. Oh, that's a relief, isn't it? It's, it's a relief that it wasn't another G pick as well. I didn't want to say that, but... Um, wow. Yeah. Sorry. She was already in too good a mood. Uh, we couldn't let her. We couldn't. We couldn't let her be have anything today. <laughs> oh, to, I made her. Made her God. watch this, this this film, and she hates it. Uh, just, just. I just wanted to just let her just feel sad. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for for yomping with us this week um merry have a merry yob time i don't even know what i'm saying i don't know anymore it's true he never does no thank you for listening say goodbye ladies sorry Go- lades goodbye lades goodbye lades bye, bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Yomp Patreon shoutouts. 
Uh, I thought you'd give you a bit of uh, Simon there, but this is the part of the podcast episode where we say our thank yous to our wonderful, loyal Giga Yompers. Thank you so much to Bottle Gnomes, Enki13, Native Blood, Luck33, I'm a Robot, Lawrence Thibodeau, Sleepy DIJ, and Scout5877. If you two want to support us over on the Patreon, you can support at three different tiers and get your name shouted out at the end of every episode. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. We really, really do. Thank you for supporting us. And uh, we hope you tune in next time. Bye-bye.